Hey everybody, this is Mandy from Chapel Hill Forge. This is Missy from Homesteading Roots. This is Zaz from Chapel Hill Forge. And Jeremy from Homesteading Roots. <laughs> We've been like trying to perfect our intro and you know, so there you go, have that. Alright, so today, oh my gosh, we always joke that if we had a band we'd be Jay-Z and the M&M's. Okay, so today we're going <laughs> to, buzz. it kills me. So today we're going to talk about return on investment. And I feel like when you hear return on investment, you automatically think money. And we're going to kind of change that conversation because there's so many other returns on your investment that you can have that don't involve money. And not to say that we don't get into things to make money, because of course we do. Um, but there's just so many other conversations you can have about return on investment. So, you know, obviously eggs are a hot topic right now and how expensive eggs are and everything. And everybody's joking about how people that have chickens are like the richest people and, you know, whatever. I'm freaking not because mine have been freeloading for a month now. Um, but some people's chickens are still laying, obviously. So I'm going to start with Missy. As we were going through some topics to talk about today, Missy really perked up when I mentioned this one. And so I'm going to let her start with what return on investment means to her. So I was scrolling Instagram, well, I guess last week sometime, and I believe it's Whipperwill Farms. Whipperwill Farms, I think, yeah. Farms, yeah. Um, she had put a post up. And now I know like something that they do on their homestead is... Um, they offer, they live in like a big poverty stricken area and they have a stand like at the end of their driveway and they offer a pay what you can take what you need kind of thing. And, um, she had had somebody come to her and say, you know, are the, is this chicken that I'm buying from you or getting from you going to be life changing? And she like stopped for a minute and was thinking, okay, you know, life changing and how, like, is it going to be the best chicken that you've ever tasted? Probably not. Um, and then she went on to explain, but like, you know, is it going to be life changing for my family? Um, absolutely. Because, you know, you're going to, you're supporting our business to be able to keep producing these chickens. Um, is it going to be life changing for the environment? Absolutely. Is it life changing for the chickens? Um, yes, it is because, you know, they were raised humanely and ethically and, you know, with the best way that they could be raised. So I think a lot of times people when you think about return on investment, you have to kind of have a broader vision as to what does investment mean to you? Like if investment means money to you, then it could possibly be that you're going into it with the wrong idea. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we don't sit down and figure out is, you know, getting 15 laying hens going to be worth it in, you know, the end, but like we're getting our hens in we'll get our chicks in March, the end of March, and they won't start laying for what, six to eight? Mm, six months, usually. Six to eight months. So we're going to be feeding these chicks and, you know, taking care of them, changing the bedding. That running, time of year, keeping them warm. Right. Running heat lamps or whatever we choose to do. So of course, we're not going to be making an investment on them. So even when we start having eggs and selling them or using them for our family, it's going to be a while till we gain back the money that we put into these chicks. So you can't really go into... A project like that thinking okay right off the bat I'm gonna make money um and like I said if you are viewing it that way then I don't really think that you're doing the homesteading job um any favor you know like you sometimes have to be like okay I might take a loss in this but in the long run I'm bettering the earth I'm bettering how um animals are raised I'm providing for our community you know this nutrient dense food 
and just, you know, take take a look at it differently. Don't think that investment always means money. Well, and the investment in our kids. I mean, you think about how much stuff our kids are learning just, on, you know, it's normal. I mean, and it'll be normal for your kids here very shortly, but it for Bud and kind of Jameson now at this point and Zuzu's around it. But, you know, Bud knows how to care for chickens. He knows where turkey meat comes from. He knows how soap is made. You know, all these different things that he knows. And even the things that we're not raising, like I've mentioned before, we try to buy from either people that we know or whatever. So he's seen them in their habitat. He knows where they came from. He doesn't think that, you know, uh, a London broil comes from the grocery store. Like a London broil comes from our... (laughs) comes from our friend's farm down the street or whatever um i thought it was interesting too when we went and butchered um the turkeys chickens chickens sorry um a couple weeks ago with our friends i had talked to jared a little bit about like the process of process of it and kind of explaining to him what was going to happen because he's never been around it and i didn't want him to be you know shocked jared's 10 by the way for reference yeah and you know we talked about how you know, these people have raised these chickens um, for, since they were babies and taken care of them and met all their needs. And, you know, it was time for them to give back to us, you know, by giving their lives so that we could eat. And I think it really helped him because he wasn't, I wouldn't, traumatized is not the right word because it's not traumatizing. He wasn't as concerned, like he's a very lovey like cares about animals and doesn't ever want to hurt anything. So I was really concerned about it, but I think it kind of helped him process the situation. Cause I explained to him, you know, this is not this, this chicken that we're getting is not coming from the grocery store where it's been dipped in bleach and it's been, you know, all different kinds of stuff happened to it that we don't even know. We have no clue where it's coming from. Like these people raise these chickens. Um, they're processing, processing them humanely and they gave them a good life, and now they're, you know, returning it for them. And You I, had that conversation beforehand. Before we And I there. could tell because, yeah. you know, obviously, I know Jared, and I know right. that he's very fragile and sensitive and whatever. And right. I just could he just was, like, all in. He's right. like, he's, I'll yeah. cut the head off. I'll let, you know, yeah. wait till it to drain. He ran the defeatherer. I don't yeah. think he did any piecing out inside, but no. he was all in on the butchering, catching the yeah. chickens. And same with, I mean, Bean and Jamie, so they're three and four, and they were all in on it. They mm-hmm. wanted to help. They wanted to do all the things. Um, you know, we got video they're of very, all of them. They were very proud of themselves. They loved it. Right. They thought it was awesome. Right. And honestly, when we were approached about going to do this, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. We've thus far only ever paid the butcher to butcher our poultry I did it when I was really young. and well right and Jeremy did it a ton as a kid Missy and I had never had this experience at all to any degree um and Missy kind of went into it like I am not cutting off a head and whatever but everybody did you know we Mm -hmm. got there and the people we were doing it with they're great educators and they were like we they didn't force us to do anything but they said you know it would really help you complete the experience if you did one from start to finish so everybody did one from start to finish yeah, well, we didn't catch them all, I guess. Well, they were in the cage, whatever. Yeah. Cut the head off, let it drain, defeathered it, you know, um, rinsed it off, took it in, pieced it out, mm-hmm. put it in its bag, the whole process. And it was, honestly, I'm stoked. I'm ready to, like, butcher my own chickens. Well, I don't need to pay the butcher now. hands make light work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, we had a lot of help, probably 10 or 12 people, I guess. Um, but just kind of circling <clears throat> it around, too. Like, I invested in that time with Jared, yeah. you know, to teach him, to take that time out to teach him you know, the respect that we have for the animals, even though, like, in their eyes, you know, we were killing them, but, like, the respect that we had for them. You could go even a step further and take it to the 
stepping out of your comfort comfort zone. Right. I was going to say the return new that you've never met before, right. and that turned into an invite to go do this the following weekend. Well, the return also, on investment for us as adults. Yes. Yeah. And also too, like we went there to help them and to learn the process. We weren't walking away with any chickens. Like we. We weren't being, quote, paid for our service. We were going there and helping them through the process, which in turn taught our kids, you know, we, we help people. We don't expect something in return. Now, they ended up get, giving us a chicken, which they didn't have to do, we which didn't is know. very nice. Yeah. Right, but that's not why we went there. So we've invested in teaching our children that you can go help somebody out and don't have to expect to be paid or expect to, you know, return right return a favor. So there's all different kinds of, like, investing um, I guess you just have to focus on what really matters to you. I know money is a big thing. Everybody needs money to live. It's just the given. But right. money isn't everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for us, we've had Missy and I, like, even before the boys were on with us, you know, we've had this conversation about we're not, obviously, we're not homesteading to, like, make buku bucks. Like, right. you know, we want enough to be able to just live a good life just right. enjoy each day not feel like every day is drudgery and not every day is is fantastic obviously we have crappy days and crappy weeks and whatever this this was one this th this was the rough week right yeah i think we all had a rough wow. week this week yeah. it was intense um but on the whole you know we've invested in this lifestyle because we love the return um emotionally i guess you know mentally emotionally well like all of it like you know we had a crappy week but we didn't have a crappy week alone no, like, oh God, I'd have died if I couldn't have texted right. you every like, five minutes. We, we had our problems. husbands there to have the crappy week with us. I mean, that doesn't sound very pleasurable, but <laughs> like if my husband was off working a full-time job and I was just at home having this Ugh. crappy week by myself and then he comes home and I'm dumping this on him when he's been, you know what I mean? Like, right. And then we had each other too. Like I would reach out to Mandy and be like, oh my gosh, now this just happened and this just happened, you know? So we invest in that and there, it's hard work and it's not cheap you know, to homestead, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Um, I, I mean, it can be very expensive at times. Well, I was going to say so, the, even the hard work of just getting together, mm -hmm. you know, like we weren't going to come up and I had like all these things going on and we like made it work because we were like, Oh my God, after this week, like we had a very emotional day yesterday because we were coming, we weren't coming, we were coming, we weren't coming. And then I just kind of wanted to sit and cry because at the end of the day, we thought we weren't coming. <laughs> and and it sounds so childish. But then, you know, we pulled it together. We figured out how to make it work. But that was a lot of, right. uh, you know, a lot of people look at it and they're like, well, how do you guys have time to like spend all this time together and drive there? And how do you afford to this and that and whatever? Because that's what we want. Mm -hmm. So we make it happen. Right. So we invest in those things. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot there's so much more return on our investment that just doesn't involve dollar bills. Right. Um, so, and then also kind of gearing away from animals a little bit it is, you know, if we're talking about our gardens, the return on investment from a garden, like that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Like you are investing in your soil, you are investing in, you know, what's going into your compost and then what's making your dirt and what you're feeding your body with and what you're canning or preserving or freeze drying or whatever, what you can maybe offer your community. Like Missy said, you know, if you have a surplus of zucchini in zucchini season, you know, here's a free box. If you need some, here you go. Um, and so the return on investment with animals and plants, while you can make money from those things, you know, there's just so much more to it than that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm raising goats so that I can get milk to make certain, you know, dairy products or whatever, but also to make soap. And of course I'm making money off of that. But like the, 
you know, 20 minutes or whatever that I spend with the goats each day, like baby goats are freaking cute. Mm -hmm. You know, we can be having a shitty day and then I go down and I have this big furry goat and I'm like, oh, I love goats. (laughs) So, you know, there's just a lot more to raising plants and animals than trying to figure out how to make money from it. Mm -hmm. So the other part of this conversation that is directly related to homesteading is tools and equipment. So we're going to kind of turn to the boys. Um, You know, obviously, again, like the boys have a lot of money invested in different equipment, Um, you know, tractors, four-wheelers, trailers, um, woodworking tools, blacksmithing tools, whatever. There's all these things that they've invested in. Um, And obviously, a lot of those things are directly making us money, but we've also invested in those things so that we can do things for ourselves, so that we can fix things ourselves, so that we can teach our kids how to build a bookshelf or like, you know, whatever. So we're going to let the boys talk about that. Have at it, boys. Okay. <laughs> they look at each other. Right. So, um, you know, you don't have to have the, the snap-on and the Mako tools if you're, you know, not an everyday mechanic. Um. <laughs> Missy's over here sucking down her water, making funny noises. Sorry. Uh, you know, if you're not an everyday mechanic and you're not using it every day, you don't need to go spend that kind of money. Um, but a good quality tool that's not going to break on you is well worth the investment. You know, I do have some Snap-on, Snap-on, yeah, Snap-on and Mako tools, but I bought those when I was in a different career where I was using them every day and I needed them to help me earn my living. And now that I'm not doing it, I have them, so, you know, they're paid off. Um, but, you know, some tools I have are from Harbor Freight, and... The times that I need to use them, they're good, but I only use them like every couple of years. So I'm not going to spend the extra money on a higher end tool when I'm only using it once or twice a year. Um, you know, we started out with a pretty old jalopy of a tractor. <laughs> and, you know, Oof. it. it <laughs> you could even call it a tractor, I guess. Yeah. It was a glorified lawnmower. Yeah. It, um, you know, it did its job not as good as the one we have now i wasn't near as productive with it but it helped save my back and it helped us do some jobs and you know when we were able to upgrade we did um knowing people can really help in that same area too if you have a friend who's an electrician they might be able to do a rewiring job or add electric to somewhere that you need for a lot better price than hiring somebody because they're a friend and they're going to help you out and do it for the cost of materials and maybe you throw them something or you know you give them something canned good as a thank you uh for instance a friend of mine owns a towing recovery business and there is a trailer that was damaged in an automobile accident that the owner was supposed to come back and get and never did and he needed to get rid of it but it was still in good enough condition that it could be repurposed into let's say a chicken tractor or turkey tractor well he hit me up and said hey you know i have this trailer it's you know not road worthy but it's farm worthy is it something that you would be interested in and i said yeah how much do you want it he said you can just have it so building that friendship that i made you know 10 plus years ago that you know i never made that friendship to get something out of it other than just being friends with the person turned out to you know help me because now i have this trailer that i can make into something that was at no cost other than driving there to pick it up so 
um, you know, I, I think it just, you need to look at, you know, your tools and if I'm going to use this a lot, maybe spend a little extra on it because it's going to last you a long time. And if it's something that you're not going to use, but, you know, once a year or every other year or something like that, maybe you don't need to get the top of the line because it's not worth the money that it's just going to be sitting there. Well, and if you've been following Zad and I for a while, you know that, you know, Zad is like the king of repurposing. And so, you know, Missy had mentioned about like taking care of the earth as far as your homestead goes. And I mean, I always feel like Zad does a really good job with that. He looks at something that other people think Coming is a piece of... girl who says I'm a hoarder. He is a hoarder. <laughs> takes, looks at a piece of trash and makes it something. And so, you know, sustainability wise, financially, whatever, he typically can get us what we need for way cheaper than if well, we went out and bought a new one i mean for jeremy that trailer he might have passed it up because he's like well i i don't have what i can the tools to fix it for me being a blacksmith and metal fabricator it's very easy for me to look at that and go oh yeah well i can get this piece of material and i can adjust that piece of material and i can bring it back to life and make it usable um but you know, for Jeremy, he may be like, "Oh, that's that's outside my wheelhouse. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna." And touch we've it. passed up on stuff before that we're like, we just don't have the skill or the time yeah. or the money or whatever. But in the same aspect, if Jeremy came across it, you know, and he reaches out to me and says, "Hey, is this something you could help me with?" Then you know, I'm being able to give to him by helping him get something up and going to help his farm and his family. And he doesn't really need to I ask. Have, you know, no, but you know, I have you know, the ability to help him out with that. And then when it comes to, you know, like construction and, you know, doing some framing or something, that's where he's got more background in. So he can help me out with that. Jeremy, what, what's your thoughts on return on investment with tools and equipment? So return investments for me start at childhood for me, you know, uh, in a previous podcast, we talked about, uh, losses and, what comes to mind is what my mom and dad passed down to me as a return investment of so, you know canning and working the land and 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 learning new skills and teaching new skills so it all starts as being a a uh, a child and what your mom and dad or whoever may be teaching you at the time may go in one ear and out the other but some of that that is being taught to you will stick and you'll come into situations where oh yeah i should do it this way because that's how i was taught and that there is a return investment and that's free knowledge is is a very big key aspect of pretty much anything in, in daily life priceless it's, yeah it's priceless it's such an interesting thought i never thought about the fact that like we are the return on our parents mm -hmm. investment right right like i just said it about my own kids but i never thought about it in terms right. of my parents right. right so you know like i joke around with everybody you know how dad would say well you should do it right you know jim do it right well that's that's stuck with me and so when i'm doing a project or thinking through processes of, of <coughs> doing whatever it is you know uh, yeah i could get done in 10 minutes and take a shortcut but is that the correct way is, is that a return service to what my father and mother have, have passed down to me and not so long ago in a previous chapter of my life uh, when we were in florida i was in a trade where i was making decent money and i knew you know two or three months into this job 
this isn't going to last. So I took that money and invested in some tools, knowing that what I had planned and what Missy and I had planned of what we wanted to do and hopefully retire doing, that that investment in them tools now carry over to where we are today. So anytime I need, you know, a drill or whatever, I got it. You know, anytime I need whatever it is, I, I had the time, I had the money at the time to invest in it and carry it over with uh, what we're doing now. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with secondhand no. used stuff. I mean, I've gotten plenty of things at yard sales or auctions and, and it's served me well. And some of these things were built back when things are built to last and not to be just thrown away and replaced right and you know you clean up a little bit and breathe some life back into it and it's still running to this day yeah. well, that's like right now i i got a, a 12 inch planer from harbor freight and it's doing its job would i like to have a grizzly <laughs> planer you bet your sweet behind i would because it's <laughs> top of the brand they, it's a well-known brand um but it at the time it it's doing its job for what I needed to do. That's the same as what my tractor was. It, right. It was getting mm -hmm. the job done until you can afford something nicer right. or better. And until, you know, something breaks on it or you can't find parts for it, then we'll invest on something for a long-term um, situation. But, you know, there's no shame in, in what brand you have, where you're learning, um, or where you're getting your information from. Well, I say that lightly because... <laughs> Some information out there is pretty crooked, but right. <laughs> um, do your research. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Right. Uh, but just, you know, when you're, when you go to a class or somebody's, you know, teaching you something, don't be afraid to stop and, and, and soak it in because the problem that's going on now is we're losing that generation of knowledge and that generation of knowledge is soon going to be gone and we're going to have a generation of how do we do this and how do we do that and and that that old order so to speak of knowledge is is going to go out the window and we're gonna we're, we're, we're truly going to miss it i mean i had that this week where somebody was going to just throw out their kitchen aid or their wife wanted to throw out the kitchen aid because it was not sounding very healthy and they just figured well it was my grandmother so we'll just get rid of it and get a new one and for 25 dollars that part that's worn out can get replaced and it's going to be just as good as the day it was put on the you know showroom floor right you know that you know it's a probably three four hundred dollar mixer that's getting fixed for twenty five dollars yeah. right yeah so return investment really for me starts at childhood from you know how i was raised and brought up in this world and well and i'm sure for you just like my dad and my granddad taking good care of your tools mm -hmm putting them away, keeping the handles clean or the blades sharp, you know, there's that saying, build a shed for your tools before you get your tools. Right. And that's because you need a place to put them so that when you need them, they're there or they're in good condition. Is that like build a shed them. for your goat before you get the goat? Because I think I did that in the wrong order. Pretty much. Well, <laughs> we, we did have a shed. It was just across the street at the neighbor's house. Right. For you temporary. just beg for forgiveness. Oh, God, that's <laughs> usually my M.O. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like when Missy was talking about, you know, when we went to uh, our friends to do the chickens, um, it really surprised me of how the youngins 
and Jared, and even Vanessa. Vanessa's kind of lived a sheltered life, and she she did the process from start to. And to it's finish. not a typical activity for a fourteen-year-old girl right. on a Saturday to be butchering right. yeah, chickens. Yeah. And the return investment in that is showing her the way of our life here on our homestead and you know for someone of her uh, background background and it's it, it struck me you know with with Vanessa Jared and the littles it it didn't phase him and I thought walking into this I'm like eh, we're probably gonna have some weak stomachs and <laughs> no everybody did great yeah. yeah well and I think not to like toot our own horns but I think it's really freaking cool that we're investing in our kids to the point that they're all learning like all of us in our businesses or in just our daily life are doing old skills Jeremy's doing woodworking Zad is doing blacksmithing I'm making soap Missy's making salves like all these things that were like this is this was normal life. Like you think, like eighteen fifties things like that, like seventeen hundreds. Like people were making their own even soap. They the, were making their own food. Depending on where you're at in the U.S., even in the nineteen hundreds, right? And, and right before the industrial I'm revolution, like mid nineteen hundreds, right? Like my grandmother, you know, she grew up in a dirt floor cabin. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, she was griping and complaining one day to her grandmother, "Why do I have to sweep? We just have a dirt floor." And her, my great grandmother, said, "Honey, just because we have a dirt floor." Doesn't mean you have to be dirty. Doesn't mean we have to be dirty and mm-hmm. live dirty. Yeah. Right. So, you know. I think it's cool, too, because we're learning alongside of our children. Like 100%. We just, we just learned a trade, basically, along with our four-year-old and our three-year-old. Butchering chickens. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. But in that same aspect, and this goes for many things, there's more than one way to do it. Right. Just because you see this person does it this way doesn't mean that's the only way it can be done. Right. That is their way that they like to do it but you can do it a different way and it mm-hmm. might be a little bit more productive for you a different right. way or it might be productive the way you saw it done well and missy and i when we did a homeschooling podcast way way back early on um you know we talked about how we are vi- missy and i are very invested in figuring out each kid's currency so like what does each kid and i'm not talking about money but what does each kid need what makes them tick? What, how do they learn best? You know, like we have a couple kids who like art, they thrive on art, you know, Bud and Vanessa and Jared to a degree mm-hmm. thrive on art. And so when we're trying to help them learn things, if we can incorporate art into it, you know, so Missy and I have invested money in art supplies or invested our time in learning about, you know, okay, these are some other ways that we can teach these kids because the return on that investment is that they're actually doing true learning. Well, right. the, the other day they were all out there on the hill mm-hmm. and we're throwing paint on canvases and then slinging them like a Frisbee and making our own spin art more or less. Yeah. Right. So, return on investment is just, it's a big conversation. There's a lot of things regarding homesteading that you can have a return on your investment in. And obviously, I feel like a lot of people hear that and they think, oh, okay, well, I invested $300,000 in this piece of property and I have $50,000 in truck and trailer and blah, blah, blah. How am I ever going to get $350,000 back? Well, I feel like, like Missy said, you're not thinking about this correctly. Um, you need to kind of tweak your thinking and learn that learning Mm -hmm. is is the true return on your investment right so any other thoughts anybody before we wrap up no just the return for me right now is 
the return investment is I'm taking the knowledge that I know, passing it down to, to their children so that they can then return it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on that note, something else that I love about the four of us is that collectively all of our kids like bud is very familiar with salves you know bean is familiar with like what blacksmithing is or what forging is you know jared is familiar with oh you know we can make soap ourselves so every all of like our kids are learning from you guys and your kids are learning from us and you know someone i think we joked about this in another podcast someone asked us a couple weeks ago is there anything the four of you can't do and missy and i are like "Mm, i don't think nope probably not uh, well, but when we were at the hot air balloon festival, and I had Bud using the truck to move hay bales, and there's some guys here in their fifties just sitting there in awe because Bud's driving my big diesel pickup around, moving hay bales, backing up, using the mirrors, and they're like, "How old is he?" And he's twelve. Right, he's been driving since he was eight. He's, like, <laughs> he's twelve. I'm like, yeah, and he's like. That kid drives better than some adults. I'm like, well, he started at a young age. Yeah. I think the kid knows how to back up a trailer. Going back on that, there is something we can't do. What's that? Sourdough. Oh, for the love of God. (laughs) We cannot have a sourdough to save our lives. Just fermenting in general. The only thing we have successfully fermented is yogurt and sauerkraut. Anything yeah. else we suck at. It's moldy, it's brown, it's green. It's Right, it doesn't grow, it doesn't oh breathe, God, it doesn't anything. You're I don't right, know how there is. Alive. Th- I don't know. That is one thing that we have not conquered. So <laughs> no. if you have all the pro tips, I mean, I feel like we've watched all the pro tips and we still suck at it, but. I think I'm to the point, I'm just going to buy somebody's freeze-dried starter and <laughs> right. go from there. Go with the old Amish friendship right. and move along. <laughs> right, Amish friendship bread. Oh, gosh. All right, friends, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Bye, y'all.